0: There he is. Hello, Mr. Trump. Hello, Mr. Trump. This is for you. Hello?
1: Mr. Trump, I clean the bathroom.
0: You like is good. I polish gold on top of building. It look real nice. Oh fuck. Oh my goddamn man.
1: Washington, Washington, six foot eight, where's a fucking tongue? Opponents beware, opponents beware, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Let me lay it on the line. He had two on the vine. I mean, two sets of testicles, so divine. On a horse made of crystal, he patrolled the land. With the mason ring and schnauzer in his perfect hands. Here comes George, in control. Women dug his snuff and his gallant stroll. Eight opponent's brains. And invented cocaine. He's, he's coming. coming, he's, he's, coming. Coming. he's, he's coming. coming, he's coming. Washington.
0: Washington. So, let me... Let me ask you, let me start by asking you this. At what point did you realize, like at what what time of the night, Eastern Standard Time, did you realize that Donald Trump was going to be elected president? I I remember. I remember.
1: I was working late that night. So I didn't leave work until probably 10 o'clock. And that's when on my way home, that's when I I knew it was it was at the point that New York Times and like five thirty eight had given like had switched from you know a 75% chance win for Clinton to it all of a sudden became fifty-fifty. Yeah, yeah. It was when it it looked like Florida was going Trump and Michigan, even at the time Pennsylvania was for Clinton and I I just it didn't feel like a real thing. It, it, I, it's
0: so funny that you say that I was sitting in my chair in my TV room. Like I just have this chair that sits in front of a television and I just sat there and I've been trying not to smoke. Right. And I had this like, do not break in case of emergency, like one cigarette left. Right. I'm just sitting there. And I started watching it about eight o'clock in the afternoon eight o'clock in the evening, continued to roll in, roll in and and it was about maybe midnight i I realized before then that it was a, a catastrophe and that that he was going to win. I just saw the numbers starting to pour in and And I knew too he was going to win when all of a sudden, on like cNN, all these other webs I mean all these other news organizations started backpedaling it was full full pedal forward hillary clinton hillary clinton hillary clinton hillary clinton hillary clinton donald trump donald trump donald trump donald trump he's cool he's great he's going to be awesome i knew this was going to happen i totally forecasted this in unison it seemed all of the news networks started backpedaling as quickly as possible to try to salvage any semblance of a relationship that they might possibly have with the president now president elect of the United States of America. Oh God.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's awesome.
0: (laughs) I I love how we have to kind of eat our own words on this podcast because we we're definitely forecasting a, a Hillary win for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was all it was all a joke until it was not a joke <laughs> until it was not a joke any longer. <laughs> and the funny thing is that last year, the last season, season nineteen of South Park, they uh, were like had this Canadian version of our election, but like it was Canadian Trump, and uh, they said exactly what we're saying now. <laughs> like, at first, it was, all a, it was all just fun and games. And then, uh, then he became our president, built a wall around the border. So let's,
0: so let's, I guess I guess we should take a, a moment. Maybe we can move in this direction. Where, what, I'll put it this way, what policies do you think he's going to follow through with? I, I mean, you can already see, for example, you can already see this w- washing on his website on everything that he says of like Let, let's 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 delete all the things that we were saying about muslims let's let's maybe not be so harsh on the mexicans let's let's slowly start moving back everything that we promised the people who voted us into office let's let's start rolling those back because i think at some point you have to realize that as the president of the united states you only have a certain reach, you only have certain powers, and honestly, you represent not only the people that elected you, but every single individual in the United States of America, including legal immigrants, Mexicans, people of Latin heritage, people of uh, Muslim faith. So what do you think he's actually going to push through?. <laughs>
1: That's a sixty-four dollar question. Right? I mean do you think he's gonna do he's you gonna, think he's gonna build this fucking wall.
0: Do you think he's gonna build a wall?
1: He's gonna build the fucking wall. Can you hear oh. my voice?
0: Yeah, I think you should definitely be clinking that away. I'm gonna go have some Johnny Walker Black label after we record this show. It'll be really awesome. It's like waiting downstairs for me. It's calling my name. It's like, hey, come down here. Join me.
1: Myself, for
0: sure. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Definitely get that going. I
1: Ugh. bought this bottle of whiskey yesterday at like six o'clock and I just poured the rest of it into
0: my glass. So, so it's, you're, what you're basically telling me is that it's bad enough that you've, you're going through all the liquors, bud. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm having some liquor drinking yourself
0: into, into oblivion that does not change the fact that Donald Trump will actually someday, very soon, be our president. Our actual president, the guy sitting in the Oval Office. My favorite was this week, Chris Christie was kicked off of the head of his transition and Mike Pence was put in charge. Actually, speaking of Mike, Mike Pence, so here, honestly, Honestly, I am a crazy conspiracy theorist right now. Like, I'm going to go there. But I I distrust Pence way more than I distrust Trump, which is a crazy thing to say, right? Because
1: cigarettes are good for you?
0: I ju- well, yeah, he's been saying a bunch of crazy shit, whatever. I mean, well, I, the head of our education, the head, the, the, <laughs> Oh, the cabinet member he's putting for education, Ben Carson, doesn't believe in evolution. Uh, our vice president doesn't believe that smoking will kill you, and Donald Trump doesn't believe that global warming is real. So,
1: vaccines cause autism.
0: Well, I mean that's a fact. They definitely cause autism. We know that. Yeah, definitely. I haven't. I haven't been vaccinated. Did you know that? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not vaccinated about uh, against most things. I'm allergic. So pretty much fuck every single person that decided just because they didn't want to get a vaccination that they didn't because herd immunity does not work for me. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so I have, I have a fun story. About, go, go for it. I, I knew that I might need to get drunk the night of the election. So... I I didn't go to work until, like, 1230 the next day. And I was driving to work through lovely Kirtland, Ohio. Beautiful. And there was a man out next to the road with his uh, Trump yard sign.
0: Good, good. And
1: he was just waving it around, (laughs) cars driving by.
0: God bless America. Donald Trump, everyone. This,
1: this is a man who, his house was north of half a million dollar house. And what is really funny to me is I've been listening to like the Cracked Podcast and some other, like Dan Carlin and, you know, Michael Moore. And they were talking about how this was a... You know, poor white people
0: election. I don't think it was. I I thought the same thing. I don't think. It I was. think
1: it's educated white people, and I've I've I don't know if this is true. I I don't fact check, but forty two percent of women voted for Donald Trump.
0: Not not only not only women, college educated women.
1: Yeah, they just stuck to their party line.
0: I am absolutely, and I I want someone, seriously, if you are, if you, I can't imagine that you would be a Republican and continue to listen to this show, but if, if there is a Republican woman listening to this show right now and you voted for Donald Trump, please, please write us. I'm so confused. Okay, you may not like Hillary. You may think that she is the devil. You may think that she's evil, whatever your excuse for not voting for Hillary. But a man that says he's going to grab women by their pussies and kiss them forcibly is now going to be the president of the United States and a majority, not a majority, but a a large portion of his voter demographic would be women educated women that want to have this man in power i refuse to understand
1: oh and then the you know the thing the uh, cracked podcast came out with on monday the day before the election was it was all about the prospect of having like a civil war break out if trump was not elected because interesting there was this I mean, we all watched the stuff where he was like, I'm not going to, this is rigged, and I'm not going to accept the results of this election. And yeah. Yeah. there were a lot of groups that were, will, were willing to say that they were going to take up arms. But the what really happened was that Donald Trump lost the popular vote. He won the electoral map. And a lot of cities are seeing... Pretty large, like the largest size protest that we've seen in our nation's history after before an election. Yeah, no, there was a lot of stuff when Al Gore was was lost, but it was not the size, and it was definitely not covered as much.
0: No, I certainly find that the populace is getting angrier and angrier on both sides, and the fact that there are sides blows me away here's what i'll say about donald trump i don't think the man is qualified to be our president of the united states but i also probably would have said the same fucking thing about george washington to be completely honest john adams said it all the time like george is not fit to be president he's not intelligent he's not educated he let our militia took us to war let him go let me be president I mean, that was like John Adams' lines. You know, he he did not believe that this man was intelligent enough to assume the presidency. So it's-
1: But it's funny that you say that because the thing that I wanted to say about the protest is that the protests now are that there's a backlash from uh what's that lady's name, that blonde lady on the Blaze Network? You know what I'm talking about? No. Um, something? No. Well she is a pundit that go she goes on these rants like they're they're pretty funny to watch like what what pundits are now are, it's it's hilarious but she was talking about how prote- these protesters are just they're just throwing a tantrum that it's not protest it's a it's a temper tantrum and that the republicans have never and would never do something like that I'll, even though that we we had a candidate that's that said I can't tell you if I would accept the the <laughs> results of our election.
0: I can't tell you until I lose
1: or win it's, in which it, case. Yeah, it was, it was like people on my Facebook some of my Facebook friends were posting this and I was just like at first it was just like like shock porn. It was just like, I can't believe people would have this perspective. And then I had to think about what I thought about uh, the Tea Party movement. Yeah, no, that's exactly where and I was going to go with it. Yeah. I went to the Jon Stewart and Colbert Rally to Restore Sanity to make fun of their protest. And then it made me think back to George Washington's response to the Sons of Liberty and the tea party and how it's just, it's very similar. I think it's, I think it's actually
0: quite similar as well, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought a lot about, I thought a lot about, well, a, first of all, track with me on this one, George Washington, rich white dude, didn't want to pay taxes. For all the people that are willing to say that our founding fathers would be rolling over in the grave to see someone like Donald Trump elected, I th- I think they did something very similar, to be completely honest with you. The one hope that I have
1: for... Is Alexander well, Hamilton?
0: Well, yes. Yeah. Honestly, though, the one hope that I have is that as a businessman, Donald will have will have had learned that over time he needs to listen to the people that he hires to consult him, follow what they tell him. And that will lead to some sort of successful outcome, whether that be a successful outcome in governing the United States of America or not. I I don't actually hold out a true hope that that's going to be the real thing, mainly because of who he's choosing to be in his cabinet.
1: He's going to, Lose a lot like, well, talking about his cabinet, who are mostly just establishment Republicans, which you know, for an anti establishment candidate
0: is awfully ironic.
1: I feel like I feel like the a lot of Trump voters were duped. You know, Louis C.K. went on Conan and said, if you if you vote for Trump, you're a sucker. And I think that I think that's what. Is going to turn out to be true.
0: What do you think? What do you think is going to happen when the people who elected him president realize that they've been duped and that everything that he said that he will do, he either can't do or is constitutionally bound not to do?
1: It's going to, I don't know. (laughs) We'll look at the whole uh, throw her in jail, you know, Hillary for prison, lock her up. And this pussy, I will say that he's a pussy. He's a demagogue. Look, look up the de- definition of demagogue. He's most definitely a demagogue. The absolutely. First couple sentences of his acceptance speech were about healing wounds with Hillary Clinton. Yep. And congratulating her on a well fought race. So, if you had a yard sign that said Hillary for prison. Like I want to know what you think of that.
0: Yeah, I really do too. I really do too. I'm with you there, America. Let's make it great again.
1: Let's make it great again.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to discuss as we move through what is sure to be a wonderfully beautiful
1: Wonderfully beautiful <laughs> I, I don't
0: I don't know where to take it. I don't know. I think it's going to be a wonderfully beautiful presidential season that we get to watch. We get to see all sorts of crazy stuff about to go down. The man who had to have his Twitter account taken away from him in the last forty eight hours of the election just became the president. We'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, it should be. A good time. I hope that none of our listeners are murdered.
0: <laughs> Mainly me. I guess I'm a little gay. I could. I could probably be murdered, right? You can hide in my attic. <laughs> I'll write a diary.
1: Place in my attic for <laughs> you and the Jews. <laughs>
0: I'll write a little diary while I'm up there. Maybe someday after I'm murdered, it'll be published, and I won't see a cent of that. And it'll be forced reading for children in.
1: But I will. High schools.
0: I will. Good.
1: But moving on, moving on, moving on. The, the the old old POTUS life of George Washington. And on this latter part of the episode, we're going to begin to see the growing fiction between Great Britain and the colonies. As always, we're going to try to approach this topic through the eyes of Donald Trump. I, I mean, <laughs> George Washington. <laughs> We're looking at his his POV, and I, th- I think it's fair to say that most of us are aware of the the broader issues that led to the American Revolution. You know, no taxation without representation. Let's have a tea party, and uh, many of the founders had phil- philosophical justification for breaking away, like liberty, and all that. Sure, sure. Many of them being sort of, you know, men of the, el- the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is in the Renaissance era of of Europe, foundations of, of our nation. Probably some may so, say more so than Judeo-Christian values. Although, you, you know, damn you if you say that. The Declaration of Independence wouldn't be this great piece of history if, it only focused on economic issues. However, it was those economic issues over a period of about twelve years that really made the American Revolution happen. Now, Donald Trump, I, I mean, now Washington—it's
0: confusing. It is. It is so confusing.
1: Yeah, and it, in his experiences, he's not a, a fan of of the British. Certainly not. That from his uh, correspondence and journal writing of being looked down upon while serving in the military, you know, no royal commission for you, George. Not that he was ever salty about that one. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't <laughs> talk about that much at all. <laughs> but he's, he's really going to be against the Brits when he feels the squeeze from a number of, of policies. Great Britain has been spread a little too thin over the years. Wars on multiple fronts, a vast empire for a small island. And by the end of the French and the Indian War, the crown has a sizable national debt that they like to get uh, working on. It's going to lead to some rather poor economic policies imposed on the colonies. Uh, That money's got to come from somewhere. Gotta get that
0: money. Gotta get that money.
1: And we've heard we've all heard the, the view that the revolution was started by some aristocrats in the colonies who just didn't want to pay for the war that protected them from the French and Indians. Sure, there's definitely some truth to that. On the other hand, you have to take into account that the colonies were just sitting back watching the British duke it out with their enemies. Colonial forces did what they were asked of while being treated as second-class soldiers. Washington knows this. He experienced it. He wrote about it. He wrote about it. He wrote about Sally Fairfax, too. <laughs> so he's pretty pissed off. He's, he's, he's done with the, the British. He's not very loyal to the British at this point one of the early policies that affected him was the banning of printing money in the colonies. If you can imagine George riding around on his horse, like he so often did thick thighs and all he's hitting up uh, debtors for payments owed to him. And they're like, dude, we can't even work for paper money to pay you because there just isn't, paper money. It has to all come from, you know, the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. But, hey, I have this sack of shitty tobacco that I can trade, you know, for my debt, but I just can't pay you this week, George. Okay, so Washington is not quite ready to go to war yet, but he doesn't like his pocketbook feeling lighter because of all this bullshit that Britain's providing. And on a separate issue, Washington is going to joined a group called the Goonies. No, I'm kidding. Goonies sounds less of a silly name than the actual name of the group that he joins, which was Adventurers for Draining the Dismal Swamp. That Dismal Swamp, yo. The dismal. It sounds like something <laughs> from the Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound real.
1: And this was a nice little club. It was a, a group made up of Wealthy Virginians who were determined to drain the great dismal swamp of southeastern Virginia. And that was actually the name of the swamp. This is America, everyone. It, I mean, it wasn't a bad idea. Drain no, the swamp. No. You get a bunch of fertile land for Virginia planters. And the the group, this is all, it just doesn't seem like it's real. The group used 138 fictitious names in order to petition the crown for land grants no big deal it's just that great britain has a habit of having land policies that irritate rich slave owners naturally the colonists want to expand west to the ohio valley it was nice out there they had fought for it but the brits are like no, mm, like our, we like our fur trade with those engines. Those pelts are nice. You guys need to stick to the coastline. <laughs> <laughs> we we can keep they can keep track of track of them and their money. Don't don't go too far now. Don't go too far. Of course not. <laughs> it's more expensive to protect them out there. So you get a, a sense of this building resentment. They're making up. These (laughs) clubs, (laughs) they're clubbing (laughs) it, they're clubbing around, clubbing up. So 1765 rolls around and whammy, bam, stamp act. This taxed everything from legal documents to playing cards. You could have a black market of playing cards because there was a tax on making and using playing cards. So things maybe right now are not as bad as they were back then. And this prompts the rise of charismatic speakers like Patrick Henry and the formation of protests.
0: Got to protest.
1: Protests. Stand up. Against the Stamp Act. And they're protesting playing cards kind of shit. So <laughs> you think that protests now are trivial? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he, and Washington... He's not for this yet. He's not going to have any part of it. He takes the opportunity to get elected to the Fairfax County seat of the House of Burgesses because it was closer to home. He's this is the kind of power he's he's starting to become political, and it's he's doing it in a way that's conven- more convenient to him, which is just natural. And we do have correspondence from Washington that shows. His anger with the tax and other of the economic practices that are arising, but he's just, he's not ready to to join the rank. He's not ready to be a son of liberty. He's not gonna tar and feather tax collectors. But it it you know it doesn't take long for him to start running a deficit. Now Chernow writes that I quote. From the early 1760s till the time of his death, people imagined that George Washington was infinitely more prosperous than he was because they had no conception of his crippling debt. Like, dude, how many people do you have to own <laughs> to make money? <laughs> money, it was it was a sore subject for George Washington. Yeah, no. it uh, Or uh, Donald
0: Trump. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, bankruptcy, I mean, what? No, I'm definitely, I definitely am prepared to speak on the on the money part of this, but I I really do want to ask you, kind of going back just a little bit. I, I pondered this a lot actually, through reading all these books. Do you think that had George Washington been given a royal appointment to an army, like not just not just a in the colonial army, but he was given an actual royal appointment in good standing with? with the, the royal army that was there, do you think that he would have turned? Do you think that he would have become uh, a colonial sympathizer, uh, quote-unquote an American, the leader of this rebel force? Do you think he would have done this had they just given him what he asked for in the beginning? Like, sure, George, whatever. Like, here you go. Be a part of the regular army. There you are. I mean...
1: I think it would have it would have taken... I think that would be the first step towards it. Yeah. Because that was, you know, so obvious in his correspondence and his his private writings that that it was so, he felt so sore about it. Oh, he was butthurt. But, <laughs> nice term. <laughs> I think that it was more about the money. If, if they had, say, you know, given him, because he wanted the advantage of, the Ohio Valley territory. If he had been granted some of that, I think that we would not have him on our dollar bill. I I think that that's a reasonable thing to say.
0: Yeah, no, I I would agree. I, I do think that the British overreached in their economic policy towards the United States. I Believe and you actually see this up until speaking of this book that you just gave me the other day about uh, Winston Churchill, even reaching up until that point, which was really the the total downfall. Really, Churchill being the last standing guy for what would be considered uh, an English Empire, the way that we assume that the English was an empire, right before World War Two, before really before World War One. Colonial expansion moving into India, uh, Africa, the United States. really they moved into all of those after they left the American colonies. They realized that they, they didn't have a revenue source there anymore, so they started seeking out other places like India, Africa. I, I, I really do I really do kind of think that had they changed their economic policy in the United States just a little well, not the United States, but the colonies, just a little bit, that they could have salvaged it, their relationship with the colonies. I think that they could have made it a little bit better. I mean, you know, the Stamp Act eventually did get repealed or changed around a little bit, but it really even to the whole point that they lost the Revolutionary War. Small little things could have totally been done by the British to salvage their relationships with the colonies and maintain military military superiority over the whole world. So no, I, I do I do agree with you, but I've, I've often just wondered, like, could they have changed these these few little things to tweak their outcome? Because I think you would have had less of a patriotic sentiment that was in opposition to the British, if that makes sense
1: it was too much of a bur- it was too much of a burden to a king, a single man and his advisors, and you know what Parliament could actually do. they were you know it's just the they were spread too thin sure so sure. this little island. It was it was inevitable, I think.
0: No, I, I would agree. I think the colonialism can only I think in, empire in building. In
1: hindsight, you could have kept the the colonies. Yeah. You know, if you jump in the DeLorean right now and go back to
0: to court, give give King George a little talking to. To
1: court, if they don't chop off your head for being a, a wizard.
0: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I mean. It, Anyway, getting back to the whole George, George and his money affairs, because I'd love to digress, we do have some accounts that demonstrate to us the dire situation good old George found himself in, right? A friend of George's named Robert Stewart asked to borrow 400 pounds. We kind of talked about this a little bit before about how charitable George Washington was. He generally liked to give. However, on this occasion, he replied to the request by making his friend aware that he was in a bad situation financially, which is kind of not a thing that you even did back then. You kept all that way hidden. Um, He actually even offered to show Robert Carey, his supplier from England, his accounts. Washington wrote, I doubt not, but you will be surprised at the badness of their condition when he was speaking about his Financial situation. He really was so hard up for money. He he had almost none.
1: And sounds like a professional athlete in the modern era of sports. Like you think that these guys are so rich, and so many of them go bankrupt and start smoking crack. It's ridiculous.
0: Mainly because you we we wildly under underestimate their debts and how much they are spending. But before before we we get too far into the money condition, like I was saying about the stamp act, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, It only took a parliament a year to repeal that act. I think they realized kind of what we were talking about before they realized that you can only take things so far before you begin to lose control. Um, Part of me kind of wonders if, you know, nowadays the British Empire would have been considered too big to fail. Right. Except for there was no other power to step in and save them. And they couldn't save themselves. Uh, either way, at this time, Benjamin Franklin was hanging out in the House of Commons in London. The members of the House were asking Benji if the people in the colonies would. You go, Benji, little Benji, little Benji with the this lightning, is a movie. with the lightning. Um, but all these all these uh, old dudes in wigs were, were like, "Hey, Benji, hey, if we send some troops over there to enforce this act." Do you think that people are going to freak out or not? What do you think there? And uh, good old Ben simply replied, they will not find a rebellion, but indeed, they will make one. Uh, Very true. Although, like I said, they did ultimately repeal the Stamp Act. They just replaced it with the declaratory act that stated that the colonies could not choose to exclusively tax themselves in lieu of paying tax that Parliament would levy against them. So it wasn't even taxation without representation, as far as they would not even allow the colonies to tax themselves to recuperate monies for certain projects internally in lieu of paying the British government because the British government was going to take that money both in. To the home homeland, Britain, England, London, but they would spread that around to all their other military powers and bases around the world. Anyway, right now, my little detour about the the Stamp Act, I did I did want to talk about it briefly because I did did do some research on the Stamp Act and found that it was interesting that it lasted such a short time because I think that it was at this point the British Parliament realized that they were pushing things a little too far. But back to talking about George and his business dealings,
1: it should have just branded it better, you know, they should have just called it. The Happy
0: Act. Yeah, I think if you can put a good spell on anything, call it that,
1: the Smiley Act.
0: <laughs> make it would've... totally PC. Yeah. <laughs> PC Parliament. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, back to back to Georgie's uh, back to Georgie's business dealings. Washington began to cool down on his personal spending sprees with Robert Carey, and even managed to pay down half of his total debt between 1764 in 1770 no more golden pimp canes with a crest stamped on it you know uh, which by the way that was totally a real thing he had a golden cane that had his crest stamped into the top of it Like, I can just imagine him walking around Mount Vernon a little bit of a swag going on with his nice pimp cane
1: I wonder how much money he spent on Spanish fly
0: oh I wonder if we could research that I would be totally interested to know. I bet you know very honestly, seriously. I bet we could figure that out. I'm gonna look into that. Because I, I
1: did research on what Spanish Fly was. Right,
0: right. And
1: think about what what it did to his wallet. <laughs> well, you know, his fake boner <laughs> account. How, <laughs>
0: Still didn't have any kids. Uh, <laughs> what a bummer. Anyway, with all these bad dealings with Robert Carey, combined with a pretty steep decline in the market price for tobacco, which was his primary cash crop, Washington began to dramatically shift away from tobacco as his primary cash crop and started to shift the use of labor on his plantation. I find this fascinating. In 1765, he began to experiment with corn and wheat, as well as flax, hemp, and about 60 other varieties of plants. Here we see scientist George Washington performing his experiments yet again, right? He's pro-GMO. He is pro-GMO. No, he'd totally be all up in that Monsanto because he's like, wait, if I can take this land that I just drained called the Dismal Swamp and do some crazy shit that no one's ever done before in here and make some cash off of it, yeah, let's totally do that. What? It's going to destroy the environment? I don't care. I'm George Washington. I'm the founder of the United States of America. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) But uh, he even began to play with strains of hemp on his farm, which is kind of awesome. What's hemp? Uh, Hemp would be a very close cousin to marijuana. So, yeah, George was growing a little uh, ditch weed out in the back. You can totally smoke hemp, by the way. It doesn't get you as high as marijuana does. Isn't
1: it it the the male plant? Uh, no, it is
0: commonly thought that it is the male plant. And you would have to pair a male plant with a female plant to create that. However, uh, its genus is a cousin. It's a cousin of the the weed plant. It's not actually. It is not actually not cannabis. It's, it's not cannabis. It is not an indica or sativa bush. It, it's a little bit different. the The strands and the fibers, uh, the plant, the plants actually look very incredibly similar. They both flower. They can both be smoked. They both cre- they both create THC. So you can THC. make
1: like like an oil or you know hash out of it. Probably you you, you could, but
0: the quantity in which you would have to use to do You're that would be a shitload. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas in it's very concentrated in a cannabis plant and a hemp plant. It's it's a little bit different. There's there doesn't create as much THC, although it does create it. And we, we maybe we can probably now talk about a little bit why maybe hemp and paper did, wasn't a thing uh, well why paper became a thing over hemp, because hemp is actually very uh, superior to paper. But there was some weird shit going on with that back in the day. I digress. He began to play with these uh, strains of hemp on his farm by rolling up the flower bud, uh, rolling them tightly in some tobacco leaves he had lying around and was known for, uh, you know, walking about town, you know smoking them dank spliffs that last part i totally made up he totally didn't smoke dank spliffs maybe he did actually holy shit i don't even know Uh, but 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 the point is george was shifting the crops on his farm and in short order wheat instead of tobacco became his primary cash crop Uh, with this move away from labor-intensive tobacco george was able to to reallocate a significant amount of his laborers, a.k.a. slaves. I I like how a lot of people will call them laborers. Specifically, history textbooks that they give out in school will refer to, I shit you not, laborers on the plantation versus owned human slaves. He began to become a fully self-sufficient city unto himself, though, with all of this labor that he was retraining. His slaves started to become Tradesmen on his estate, he had massive forces of blacksmith, carpenters, brewers, bricklayers, basket weavers, shoemakers, and several people that he entertained at his plantation thought Get a they were
1: Partridge would. in a pear tree.
0: <laughs> but several of these people that would roll into his plantation. I mean, we have a count after account of people that came into his plantation that thought they were entering a city because of how large his estate was and how many people he had working. On his plantation to make all of this stuff that he would then sell to all of his other neighbors in the surrounding area, right? So you make all if you can make bricks, if you can make baskets, instead of importing them from a richer state like Pennsylvania, they were known to be a more industrial state than Virginia was, and or even importing all of these things from all the way across the sea. If he could create them in town and then sell them to his neighbors instead of having them buy from. British merchants, he a stood to make a lot of money and B, he was kind of going to hit people like Robert Carey and their pocketbooks because he was no longer creating a market for their, you know, they, they didn't need them any longer. He could, he could make all that sort of stuff here as long as he was training all of these people to do things, do these tasks.
1: I wonder if he would have Mm. bankrupted a casino.
0: No, I think he, I think not only would he he have bankrupted a casino, I think that he would take all the other properties and or holdings that were losing money, write them into the casino account, and then bankrupt the whole fucking thing. Shamelessly. Yeah. I, sure. I No, I do I do to be honest, to be very honest with you though, I think that George Washington was a savvy businessman. I think that as he aged specifically after he became president of the United States, he had a certain, uh, Oh, how do I put it? He ownership to his morality. If you will, previously it was all about making money, growing himself as an statesman. The rules were kind of a little looser back then. So it's really whatever you could do to make profit and money. I don't think he would steal from his neighbors. I don't think that he would intentionally harm people. But again, Trump bankrupted a casino, right? And he had all these people that were working for him. He didn't pay all these people that built uh, his casino. He didn't pay all these laborers that he owed money to. George Washington had slaves. He didn't pay them. He was economical. He would change things when he wanted to Uh, a little bit later. A a mud hut though. He did. Some of them were kind of nice mud huts. And if you were working in the house, you had a very, very, very nice mud hut, you know? So,
1: well, at this point, we start seeing signs of the general flaring up, rise up. And as my mother would, her favorite phrase is, George has had it up to here. British policies. He's done. He, he's thinking I'm going to, I'm going to boycott and I don't care who knows about it.
0: Because I have all these slaves that can make everything that I would need anybody else to make.
1: He didn't want to change his, his way of life because of his debt. He loves gold buttons on his on his coat. <laughs> he was all about that life. He was my super sweet 16. Yeah, know, He was like, live more modestly. Are you kidding me? I own people. I'm going to boycott debt and taxes. Which is a good policy if you're George Washington in, 19, in I'm sorry, 1769. So in that spring of 1769, he's on the verge of talking about arm resistance. In his correspondence, he tries not to use the term arms because of the whole treason thing. That'll you know. get you hanged. Yep. Yeah, huh. people uh, die. But he's mentally there at this point. Yeah. And this new George Washington, and with it comes a sudden new interest in his political life. He goes from bare minimum participant to serving on three committees. Three. That's one, two, three. And this is around the same time that a very young Virginian named Thomas Jefferson joins in Albemarle. I don't know if I'm saying that right. County? Uh, Yeah, Albert Albemarle. Elber Marl. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're, yeah, that sounds about right. And he's 26 at this time. Jefferson is. And he's he's ready to party against the Brits. He's ready to throw down. They go to town on some legislation and they're like, uh, not to be harsh, but we're the only ones allowed to tax Virginians. Super sorry about that. And uh, trials for treason will be conducted by the colony not england oh my god the balls on thomas jefferson (laughs) he you know people say what they want and hamilton the musical can say what they want but dude had a a sack of peaches
0: he certainly did
1: so then the chairman of the house is like whoa 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 whoa. hold on hold on you have made it my duty To dissolve you, and you are dissolved accordingly. Whoopsies. Sorry, you don't really have that much power. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Now, bye, Thomas Jefferson. Bye. So what do you do when you find out just how limited your legislative body is? You go to a tavern.
0: Get drunk, dog. Drink in that sadness.
1: Specifically, they went to the Apollo Room at the Raleigh Tavern. So they're pissed. These guys are pissed. They're pissed. They're, they're drinking. They're talking. And the, the, these are just, you cannot write history better than this if you were making it up. They are in the sun god room at hmm. the tavern. and huh. like, It's boycott time. George Washington presents the boycott plans. And he and George Mason came up with it. Basically, boycott any British goods subject to taxes in America. Oh, and here's a list of untaxed British goods, and we don't want a part of any of them. Now let's go to the governor's ball and celebrate the queen's birthday.
0: Not confusing at all?
1: It's it's like Stranger Things. <laughs> it sounds really strange. But that's how they were doing things at this point in history. We're going to boycott your ass, but happy birthday to your lady. <laughs> he fast forward to the autumn session of the House of Burgesses. Washington shows up with Martha and her daughter in a glittering green coach adorned with gilt-edged panels. But Washington was so painstakingly ordered, he, he ordered this... Coach from Robert Clay.
0: He just can't let it go.
1: Because he was about that life. By this time, Lord Botetourt is ready to support the repeal of the Townsend taxes on everything except what? Anybody have a, a guess? Oh, me. me. Me, 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 me. Go ahead. T. T. Woo! They get mad And they, they, they're not supporting this. But what happens is they get mad and dump a butch, a fucking tea.
0: (laughs) I wonder if they were up in that sunroom drinking a little bit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) But it did settle things down, down south of Virginia, well into 1770. And little by little, the boycott formed at the tavern starts to be compromised. George is disappointed in his fellow Virginians. I guess that the glittering green coaches weren't on the boycott list, so he gets a pass.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: whatever. Like you, you
0: didn't specifically say that I couldn't get the green glittering coach, so I got the green glittering coach. It was still in the rules. It's all cool. But hey, you over there with the playing cards, you keep, those were not on the list. Those were not. Those were those, those were on the list. You couldn't. You can't buy those. You bought them. You shouldn't have bought. I'm disappointed in you. My name is George Washington. I'm disappointed in you. I, I did arrive in this glittering clean green coach, though. Yeah,
1: Cletus, on my property, he makes a set of, of playing cards for you.
0: Yeah, you can buy those. On Sunday, is day off. You can buy those. One pound. Come Come by. Come by the store. Pick them up. George Washington house store. Come by. Pick those up. No, I do find it interesting, though, honestly, because over and over again, you see these weird things where they're like. Totally ready to push all of the British control out of the colonies. Fuck the Britons, get the fuck out! And then all of a sudden they're like, "Yo, but it's totally cool. There's like a new governor. We're throwing a ball for him. You ever, y'all want to have a party? He's totally from Britain. It's cool. Like we're all cool. It's gonna be good." They lived in this really odd dichotomy, right? Of
1: think of the out the nice outfits he would see.
0: Oh, I bet. Do you? Do th- you think he got jealous? Yeah. Do you think George got? God, Enver, do you think he knew he I was I think the it was an breast?
1: opportunity for him to wear one of his outfits. Oh,
0: God. It's so funny. It. it oh, I was researching. I was actually doing, a, a, totally on a side note, doing some research on all the, the clothing that he ordered, and it really was fascinating how, how into designing his own clothing. And he was, like, so disappointed when the things that he designed from England didn't show up on time. Because, I mean, really, there were, there were some things that they could not get in the colonies that really actually England couldn't even get. But because England was such a powerhouse all over the world, they would import things from all around the world to England. England would then ship those back over to the colonies, to the the rich white folk that were in charge. But no, I, I do find it so interesting, this dichotomy that they lived in. They would be partying one night, celebrating British rule, and the next night they would be throwing tea into the Boston Harbor. So, I mean, yeah, if you're from the British gentry if you are if you are an upper class actual British citizen it's going to be super confusing because you're like wait are you guys going to riot or not because you keep you keep not rioting and throwing us parties but then like when you're not throwing us those parties you're all pissed and you're hanging out in the sunroom drinking and talking about crazy things and you're trying to blockade us and stop us from giving us all your things. And you're not buying our shit anymore until like all of a sudden someone's like, ah, you know what? I actually kind of really did like that pair of shoes over there. Those were some okay. nice shoes. They were some nice shoes that George did
1: divide between, you know, the, the South and the North. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think you have the, the Northerners, the Bostonians are, are not worried about this, the, the ball or the, the queen's birthday it's the southerners that are still that's their culture
0: very much so i mean we'll t- we'll definitely touch more on this later but it was it was their culture and so much so that george as a southerner as a virginian i think realized later and, and again we'll talk about more about this later specifically with uh some some whiskey taxes and whatnot but he realized I think he realized and I think he started kind of seeing a divide even at this point between the North and the South and what people in the North were willing to give up and fight for versus people in the South. Um yeah, no, I think I think that's an interesting an interesting point. Yeah. So I think that about uh wraps it up for this show. We should pretty so good. So I think like every every point.
1: Pussy, every pussy that does a podcast, we should leave with a a message of unity, a message of hope, a message of we're not all going to die. Jesus Christ. If a I have to. A message of you don't have to worry.
0: If I have to, if I have to listen to one more happy podcast, it's total bullshit because someone decided that they had a microphone and would get on and talk about happy things all the time. Oh my God. It's so painful.
1: All I can tell you is that I hope you know how to survive. I do I do hope that this isn't as terrible as I think it is going to be. <laughs> I hope that my life isn't affected and I hope that people that I love don't experience, you know, uh, some 1950s shit. I hope that people I love don't have to go to war. And I don't know what else there is to say about it. Shit, dude, that just got heavy. Because you're totally,
0: you're right. I actually thought about this today. I mean, I, I, this is, I guess, part of our closing remarks still. But I, I do, I guess, want to talk about it. Um, I'm bisexual, gay, whatever you want to call it. I will, I sleep with dudes at times. Um, yeah. I know, but I do, <laughs> but I do, I do wonder what backlash we're gonna see from all this. I think that we've already seen a rise in the kkk i think that we've seen a rise in a lot of uh, hate groups and i think that donald trump has made these people feel comfortable moving into the public spotlight and they don't have to fear they have to hide anymore because there's someone in the public view that has said and done things just as bad as they do and believe the things that they believe or at least will speak it out loud to a national audience so yeah no i do i do actually hope that this thing turns out better than what a lot of people are, are uh, doomsdaying it for. But, but I will say I do, I do believe in this. I believe, and maybe, maybe this is just me being naive. I'm, I'm willing to accept that, but I do believe in America. I, I, again, I know that sounds so fucking stupid to say, but I, I believe in the laws that we set up. I believe in the power of people to think independently. I believe in our constitution And that it is set up to protect every single member who lives here, whether you're gay, straight, bisexual, Muslim, Christian, uh, black, white, Jew, Gentile. Whatever it is, I believe that the United States Constitution does protect you.
1: Aroused by clowns.
0: (laughs) Clowns, yeah. Um,
1: Who get excited by clowns. I hope that everything is okay for you.
0: Our our constitution will save you and keep you safe.
1: On that note,
0: feel free to check out POTUS.life. That's P-O-T-U-S O T-U-S.life, life. And visit our Facebook page. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us some comments. Please feel free to message us, heckle us, berate Tell me
1: us. how stupid I
0: am. Please do. I only did this podcast actually so that I would say dumb enough shit that I would have a a group of people telling me how dumb I am every single day. I would really appreciate that. So feel free to hop over, leave us a little comment, check out the show notes, maybe look at some maps. I don't think we talked about any, any maps today, but
1: donate a glittering green coach adorned with gilt edged, edged panels. Send me some cash, you know, whatever you feel
0: is appropriate but uh that's uh, nude pics send please. them no seriously yeah no and also ooh, justin we can mention this this got set up you can reach us at any of those other facebook pages but feel free if you want to hit us up at contact at potus.life. that's also an email address that you can direct some hate mail to as well or or, or dick pics boob pics whatever you choose to to send out i am on board <laughs> that. i'll screen out all the dicks for you justin don't worry i'll just send you the boobs
1: you got warts? Let me see what that shit looks Let's like. Let's take a look. All right. You got a weird lump? I will tell you, I will diagnose what your lump is. Dr. Ozinga, the doctor.
0: And I hope you don't die. I mean, you know, maybe I hope you do. I don't know. Depends on who you are, I guess. Buck Trump. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, I think that was a good one.